Welcome to the Family Worship Center podcast. Each week, we bring you our message from our Sunday morning services at Family Worship Center in Beaumont. We hope you find this message encouraging. We have been working on a message for several Sundays. We took a couple of breaks, had different things going on. But we are in John chapter 15, and basically here's where we're at. We're at John chapter 15, such a a chapter that's chock full of of everything that Jesus is and what he does for us. But we're looking at specifically, the title of my message is Friends, and that's that's the essence of this little portion of Scripture. So we're going to read the Scripture. We're going to kind of recap very, very quickly, and then we are going to, I'm going to be an... uh, looking at the time and being very respectful of your time. But this is John chapter 15, verse 12 through 17. Jesus says this, This is my commandment, that you love each other. How much? How much should we love one another in the same way that I've loved you? That pretty much puts it in a a boundless and endless position. Verse 13, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Uh, whenever things happen, you find out who your friends are. And he said, there's no greater love than that. You are my friends if you do what I command. In other words, if you'll just read what he says for us to do, and we'll do it, he considers us to be a friend. And he goes on and takes it much further. I no longer call you slaves. In other words, you're not working for me. That's not the end of our relationship. He says, because the master doesn't confide in his slaves, whoever's working for him. If you're working for a company, they don't call you up and consult you about business decisions. But Jesus says, I'm including you because I've told you everything that the Father's told me. Now, you're my friend since I've told you all that. Everything that he knows, he has shared with us. As I have told you, every time we've read this scripture, it just puts us in a mindset that it says, uh, tells us that of, of the day of the Lord that nobody knows, only the Father in heaven. Why? Because if Jesus knew it, he would tell us. And so he's told us everything that the Father has already shared with him. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. We can ask for a lot of things in his name, and especially if we're producing fruit, he's going to provide everything that we need, just like this situation that she gave the testimony of. Need a car seat? Guess what? Somewhere down the line, the Lord's going to provide that. It's amazing if we'll just sit back and look at the opportunities that the Lord gives us to be a part of things. uh, There's always an open door. And so he goes on, and he said, This is my command, love each other. Pretty much sums it up. Let's pray. We'll get into the message. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence that we have already felt in this place today. And Lord, I do pray that you would just touch us. And Lord, transform us, change us uh, again. Make us into something that looks more like your dear son and a whole lot less like us. Lord, it's only through you and in you that we can accomplish great things. And Lord, with the Holy Spirit in us, Lord, it gives us an opportunity to be in on what you're doing. So Lord, would you minister to every person that's here through the Holy Spirit. Lord, there's people that want to be here and can't be here this morning. Would you touch them? And we are just looking forward to the great things you're going to do. And we're just asking it all. In Jesus' name, 
And everybody said, Amen. So, uh, I like acrostic sermons, so we've been working on friends. That's F-R-I-E-N-D-S. If you want to letter down the left-hand side of your page, the F is focus on what's really important. We've talked about that. If you haven't been here and caught up on it, I think Zach started, got to the point where he posted the first uh, sermon in this series on Facebook. You can find it at FWC Beaumont, um, or if you can also subscribe through one of your podcatchers, and find us at FWC Beaumont there, and you, you can subscribe to that, and it'll alert you every, every week whenever it drops. Usually drops on Wednesday morning somewhere in that neighborhood. So focus on what's really important. Stop majoring in the minors. We, we too often focus on the little things instead of the big things. Look for opportunities that God provides us. Focus on what's really important. The R is renew our commitment, our commitment to the Lord, our commitment to each other, and our commitment to make a difference in this world in which we live. That's what we're called to do. That's why we are here. Otherwise, whenever we got saved, whenever we made that realization that I'm lost and undone and I need a Savior and I'm dead in my sins, once we made that commitment and said, Lord, would you save me, we'd be translated out of here. And sometimes we say, boy, that'd be an awesome thing. But the Lord left us here. Why? So that we can make a difference in the world in which we live. So let's renew our commitment to do that. Uh, the I, F-R-I, uh, is, uh, the I is invite people. In, in, be inclusive and not exclusive. That we need an opportunity to, to invite people, and that is to tell them about Jesus. That's part of the great commission and the great commandment that the Lord gave us. The E is equip people to minister. Uh, equip and empower uh, we, we try to here give an opportunity for people to learn more about the Lord, but also give you an empowerment to go and do something. Uh, there's a lot of churches, branches in our family tree that don't do that. They want to limit what the people can do. There's, there's, oh, in some churches, there's a big chasm between pulpit and pew. Not in this church, okay? You're just as called, you are just as anointed as I am. Amen? Some of you are looking at me a little doubtful. So let me again, I've done this before, but let me just go ahead and, uh, you know, Lord, these people are ordained. They have the, the empowerment and the equipment to go out and make a difference in this world. Would you please use them in an awesome way? And, Lord, they are ministers in every sense of the word. So, Lord, we, we just declare it to be so, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So guess what? You don't have any excuse anymore. You are an ordained minister in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? So go forth and do something. Make a difference in this world in which we live. So the, the end is network, and we talked about that at great length uh, whenever that was the point that we were working on. But again, this is an opportunity. The Operation Christmas Child is an opportunity to network. We, we provide lots of opportunities for you to network with other places and other people that are doing awesome things for the Lord, uh, and we need to be a part of that. Last week, we worked on demonstrate God's love. In everything we do, love ought to be our motivation. Thank you, Zach. <laughs> love ought to be our motivation in everything we do. He said, as I have loved you, love one another. That is the impetus behind everything that we ought to be doing is out of love. Love for one another. Love for the Lord. Love for, for the people that he loves that sometimes are unlovable. It tells us that in this is the love of God demonstrated in that while we were yet sinners, God loved us when we were unlovable. 
when we were in our sin. In other words, that we were a stench in the nostrils of God. He loved us. How do we know that? Because it tells us that he, Jesus Christ was a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. In other words, before we ever existed, before we ever did sin, before mankind ever sinned, he looked down through the hallways of time and he saw us when we were unlovable and said, I love them anyway. And when you think about that, how awesome that is, how great a love that is, he said no greater love has, has anyone than this, that they'd lay down their lives for their friends. And Jesus laid down his lives when we were still in our sin, when we were still unlovable. Somebody say amen. So we are called to use that as an example to go out into this world and make a difference because we love. Amen? That brings us to... F-R-I-E-N-D-S, and everybody said, hallelujah. <laughs> I never thought this sermon would end. So uh, we're, it's going to end today, regardless if I get done or not, because Zach and I have got some other stuff planned, and we're headed in a different direction. Uh, but here's the thing, serve with gladness. And he says, I no longer call you slaves, but he didn't tell us that we weren't workers. He didn't tell us that we weren't called to do something. Psalm 100 says this, Serve the Lord with gladness, and enter into His presence with singing. Be glad that we're serving Him. And, and uh, sometimes I think we have a really hard time distinguishing between gladness and happiness. Happiness is something happened that pleased me, and I can't help but smile about it, and it's just awesome, let me tell you about it. Joy and gladness is something that resides on the inside of us. It may not be the best situation in the world, but we can still have joy and gladness. We can still come into his presence with singing, that we can still serve the Lord with our gladness. And um, Joshua made this determination. He said, I don't know about you, but today you're called on to make a decision. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And sometimes we forget about that serving the Lord part of that. And to serve him with gladness. Again, Psalm 100 says, serve the Lord with gladness and come into his presence with singing. Um, and sometimes we, we lose our joy. Sometimes we're just working to be working. Sometimes we're working because we feel like we're earning it. I owe God this. I'm doing this out of obligation. And that's not what God wants us to do. That's not how he wants us to be with him. We, he doesn't want us just going through the motions and just doing the same old, same old. It is, uh, here's the thing. We don't have to love the Lord. You don't, you don't have to love the Lord. There's nothing in there that's going to, uh, uh, I mean, there's nothing that's going to jump up and grab you. There's nothing really that commands us that we have to love the Lord. We have a choice. And the choice is that we get to. When we realize what he's done for us, again, back to this, I chose you, you didn't choose me. Our response to God is always out of his love for us. When he looked through those halls of time and he saw us while we were still unlovable and, and, and reached out to us, that was an act of kindness. In Romans, Paul writes this, he said, don't, don't be ignorant of what's going on here. He said, it is the kindness and the mercy of God that compels you to repent. In other words, 
Sometimes I think we, may, we, think we make the decision. And, and, and in church world, we'll say that. Did, have you made a decision for Christ? Well, he made a decision for you a long time ago. We're just responding to what he did for us. And sometimes I think we, in fact, is there are some branches in our family tree that compel that. You've got to do something or you're not going to heaven. And some of you are not, and some of you came out of that background. I mean, it's all about what you do. No, no, no. It's all about what he's already done. Amen. Now, I, I want to do things for the Lord, but why? It's because I love him back. I want to please him. I, I want to do what he says do, but it's not an obligation. I've shared this story before, but it is so poignant. As most of you know, I'm just an absolute voracious reader. I, I read stuff all the time. I'm always, uh, I love to learn. I love history. And sometimes I'll read some of the most obscure stuff. And I came across an article that was pointing at another article that was, it was about how in the middle centuries that these monasteries should handle somebody who made a decision to come in out of the world and become a monk, basically. And it was, what do we do with the worldly affect that they came in with? Well, you know, the clothes that they're wearing, that's, you know, the monks. You, you've seen all the, all the movies and things that portray it. They've got this drab robe on with a rope as a belt and all that kind of stuff. So whenever they would come in, they would give them the, the draperies of a monk. But what do you do with their worldly clothes? What do you do with the things that they brought in and... And the question was, how do we handle this? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking ahead. I'm reading this, and it's like, woo, have a big bonfire. Wouldn't that be an awesome thing? In this day and time, we'd have a fire out in the parking lot, and you bring in the worldly stuff that you came in with, and that'll be a big sign to the world that you have come out and that you have given your life to God. But the answer to that was, hang it in their closet right next to the clothes of a monk so that every day, when they got up and decided to get dressed, that they'd reach into that closet and they would see what they came out of and they'd see what they chose to be and they would have a choice to make every day. In other words, that they wouldn't walk to their closet and, well, like, here's, here's seven draperies that I have to put on and so I have no choice. It was hang their old apparel right next to the clothes that they wear as a monk so that this is not an obligation. They have a choice to make every day. And that struck me so much to the heart that sometimes, I think sometimes we serve out of obligation a whole lot more than love. And that's not what God wants. He wants us to serve with joy. He wants us to serve with gladness. In other words, I don't have to, I get to. And there are times in this world when that is a tough choice to make and, and sometimes situations arise and, it, and, it, and here's the thing, we're not working for our salvation. That's something that comes from Him freely by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone. And ultimately it comes down to this. You know, it says serve the Lord with gladness. In other words, do something for Him but not out of obligation, out of love. In Acts chapter 17, it kind of clarifies it for us and, and says this, because I, I think this ties into it so much. 
It says, He is a God who made the world and everything in it. And since He is the Lord of heaven and earth, He doesn't live in man-made temples. Guess where He lives? In this temple. The Holy Spirit abides in here. And and it says He doesn't live in man-made temples and human hands can't serve His needs. What? But all those other scriptures say, serve the Lord with gladness. Do all those things and serve him. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. But it says human hands, he doesn't live in man-made temples, and human hands can't serve his needs, for he has no needs. Well, Brother Philip, didn't you just undermine your whole sermon? Yes, but I'm headed somewhere. It says he himself gives life to us, breath to everything, us. And he satisfies every need. That's us. From one man, he created all the nations throughout the entire world. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose, and that's important, his purpose was for the nations to seek after him and perhaps to feel the way toward him and find him, though he is not far away from any of us. In other words, For us to serve him is to fulfill his purpose. To love him, to know him, to love him, to make him known. And that shouldn't be an obligation to us. We should do that out of our love for what he's already done for us. As we begin to do things in him, it's not out of obligation. It's not out of that desire that I've got to earn this or anything else. It's out of the fact that he's already done it for us. And what his desire is, is for us to know him, to love him, and to make him known. It sounds so simple, and sometimes we make it so complicated. Ultimately, that's what he wants from us. Because our human hands can't serve his needs because he doesn't have any other than to fulfill his purpose. We don't have to love him, but we get to. We don't have to fulfill his purpose, but we get to. We don't have to receive anything from him, but we get to. I don't have to be saved. You don't have to be saved, but we get to be saved. I don't have to be delivered from the things that bind me, but we get to. We don't have to be healed, but we get to. And ultimately, it comes down to this. Whenever God wants to do something in us and through us and for us, which is what he wants to do all the time, and he determined that before we were ever born. Here's the thing. To serve him is to fill his purpose in this world. And I think that's something that we struggle with. I think that's something that, by and large, the average person struggles. And so as I was putting this together and trying to, trying to put some thoughts together for today, I thought, boy, this, is, this sounds pretty hollow in light of all the things that have happened. And I decided that S means to serve him with gladness, but it also means to stick to it. And you know, sometimes in this life, there are things that happen that we don't like. It's a broken planet, we're broken people, and it won't get fixed till the Lord comes back. That's the only way you can explain some of the things that happen. It's the only way that you can explain why somebody would kill their child that they formed. It's the only reason how you can explain why there would be a, a flood two years in a row. And what we're called to do is fulfill God's purpose. 
my heart is broken for all this stuff that's happened. And the only thing you can do is say it's an opportunity for us to fulfill God's purpose. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Bible tells us this. Sometimes the enemy comes in like a flood. Best analogy that could be given. It's bigger than we are. We can't do anything about it. We're out of control. But it says the Lord will raise up a standard against them. And that means the standard of his word, the standard of his holiness, the standard. But I'm a country boy at heart. And you know, if you've got a pickup truck, it's got those holes in the edge of the bed. Somebody tell me what those are called. Nobody. <laughs> what are the holes in the, in the bed of a truck or a wagon called? Standard loops. None of y'all are country boys for sure. All right. So they're called standard loops. And what you did was, if you were going to put stanchions on the side of a wagon or a truck, you cut standards. And you trimmed them to fit, and they'd fall down in those holes and hold the sides, the stanchions, up on that wagon or that truck. And so for me, the first time I ever read that, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises up a standard against them. Well, to me, a standard was a two-by-four. And that's, that was the vision that I got of the Lord. He's raising that standard up and fixing to knock the devil for a loop. Amen. On our behalf. And the only thing we got to do is stick to it. The only way that we can ever lose is if we give up. And sometimes we need just, we need to be encouraged. That we need to keep on keeping on. And that ultimately we have a reward that's waiting on us. This life, as I said earlier, James says it's like a, a vapor, a morning fog. It's going to disappear. But eternity is out there in, in front of us. And so here's the thing. Sometimes we don't understand why things happen. We don't understand why things come our way. But the thing that we've got to do is keep on keeping on. The Apostle Paul, if we look at his life and everything that he went through for the gospel's sake, beaten with rods, stoned and left for dead, snake bitten, put in prison. That don't make sense. Why, why would that happen to him? But yet he says, follow me as I follow Christ. Sometimes I think we need examples. Sometimes I think we need somebody like Paul says, you know, our faith belongs in Christ, but he says, follow me as I'm following Christ. And sometimes we read Hebrews chapter 11, which is the hall of faith, and we see those people by faith. Abraham did this, and by faith Joseph did that, and by faith all these things happened. And we say, yeah, but that was them. But here's the thing. Sometimes we just keep on keeping on. Why? Because we know what's waiting for us. We know that eternity is great, that he's already up there making things ready. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place, I'm coming back. Just hold on. And I, as I thought about this, I was just, again, I was heartbroken. And I would just sit down and, and feel the pain that sometimes people were feeling. And I talked to Miss Emma this week. Her other house, she lost 
in the flood and, and she bought a house that didn't flood in Harvey but it flooded during Imelda and so I asked her the only reason I'm just telling you something about her is because I asked her if, if you want me to tell your story tell me and I'll, I'll share it but I was, I was thinking about all the things she, she was texting me back and forth and she said, I just, she said I'm having a rough time this morning this was yesterday And she said, I'm trying to get over it. But I don't want to disappoint the Lord. Or you talking about me. I texted her back and I said, I don't think you can do either one. She's lost two husbands, a child. Her other two children have both had brain surgeries. She thought she was going to lose Rhonda as a, as a baby to meningitis. Lost her house that she'd lived in for years. Flooded another house. Not as bad as the first one. But you know what? If the Lord was continuing to write Hebrews chapter 11, I think there'd be a, by faith, for Miss Emma. And for some of you, <laughs> back to Harvey and some of the other things that you've gone through. The only thing that can defeat you is if you give up. And Satan may come in like a flood. It may be that your child's gone haywire and doing their thing and you're concerned about them and staying up late at night worried about them it might be a husband or a wife who's drifting away it might be somebody that you know that's on drugs it, it might be that your health has failed you the enemy may have come in like a flood but the Lord is ready to raise up that standard and knock the devil's head off amen we don't have to have the victory. We get to. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, you know every heart. And as I've said so many times, we come into church and I think sometimes we paint on that smile and we put on the facade when on the inside we're, we're literally feel like we're dying. I prayed this morning for every broken heart, for every person that says, I just don't think I can go on. God, you give them that next step. You let their feet just make one step after another, after another, always closer to you. And Lord, as we deal with these things that we deal with in life. Lord, please let us see beyond today. Let us see beyond this week. Let us see beyond the next month to see that eternity is huge. And we just want to continue and stick to it. We want to keep on keeping on. As Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Lord, would you help us just to continue to do the things that we know to do. Would you help us to trust you? Would you help us to know you, to love you, and to make you known? Lord, help us to fulfill your purpose on this earth as we do our very, very best to serve you.
with joy and gladness that we could come into your presence and sing in the Lord like Paul and Silas. They'd been beaten. They were locked into prison, in stocks. And Lord, it says in the midnight hour, in other words, when there was no light, when they couldn't see their way out of it, when they couldn't see that there was a new day coming, they, say, they, they prayed and, and lifted up praises to you and sang songs to you. Lord, that didn't come out of, of, out of happiness. Lord, help us to have that joy way down deep in our hearts that we might always have that gladness to serve you and we just thank you for it for everything you're doing for working on our behalf and for raising up that standard and lord we can't wait till that day when we do get the victory whenever we get to step out of this life and be with you forever and ever and ever so with every head still bowed every eye still closed if you're here this morning maybe maybe you're saying preacher i don't know the lord like you're talking about knowing him but i want to Maybe this morning, you, maybe you realize, hey, I'm that person that's been far away. Maybe I've been struggling with it. Maybe I've been serving out of obligation instead of out of joy. And you say, I want to renew that commitment to the Lord this morning. If that's you, I'm not going to embarrass you, not going to call your name, not going to call you up front. But if that's you, would you just slip your hand up so I can pray with you? I just want to renew that commitment. I see that hand Anyone else? Very quickly. Yes. Anyone else? I just want to renew that commitment. I want, as David said, would you return to me the joy of my salvation? Yes. Father, you saw every hand. You see every need. So, Lord, we thank you for for dealing with us, for being patient with us, and we do realize it's your kindness and mercy that brings us to that point where we want to renew that. Lord, thank, we thank you for everything that you're doing. We, we do apologize to you for the times when we fail, the times whenever we've done it out of obligation instead of out of gladness. But, Lord, that, that we pray that you would let that gladness just well up within us. Lord, that we wouldn't even have to think about it, that, that daily that decision would come out of that, that love and, and joy that we have way down deep in our hearts. Lord, we thank you. Lord, if there's a person here that has never made that commitment, and today is the day of salvation, Lord, and all they got to do is pray, Lord, would you forgive my sins? Would you come into my heart and into my life? Would you forgive all those things that I've done that would separate us? Lord, would you save me? But Lord, you know what I'm dealing with. You know where I'm at. So would you lead me and guide me and direct me and fill me with your Holy Spirit? Give me that joy of my salvation. And I'm looking forward to it. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for saving me through what Jesus did on that cross for me. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, guess what? You're saved. You're a citizen of heaven. You have a new home that's waiting on you. And we'd love to hear about it. If you want to talk to me about it afterward, uh, be glad to talk to you. Here's the thing. We've got opportunities to make a difference. Take one of these baby bottles. Fill it up with your pocket change or, as Jeanette suggested, $100 bills. How, whatever the Lord leads you to do, but it's an opportunity to get take one of those boxes, fold it together, fill it up with stuff for a child that's halfway around the world that maybe has never even heard about Jesus Christ. It's our opportunity to do something like that. Jonathan and, and Danielle put together these bags that are going to be on the table out here. If you know somebody that needs a sandwich or maybe it's you, 
feel free to take as many as you can. There's water out there too, and I think they fill some goodie bags that you can take out. Take them to somebody you know, even if it's somebody you don't know. Take one and, and, and find somebody that's been affected by this flood and make a difference right here, right now. Amen. May the Lord bless all of our efforts in Jesus' name. Let me bless you and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you. And Lord, I, I've, I've just been emotional today. But you want us to feel what's going on. And as I've prayed so many times, Lord, let my heart be broken, not by what breaks Philip's heart. Let my heart be broken with the things that break your heart. And so, Lord, would you just work in us and through us and for us to accomplish your purpose on this earth. We love you. We thank you for loving us first. Would you go with us? Keep us safe and get us back here ready to worship you. And, Lord, we are looking forward to the great things you've got in store. We give you praise for it all. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen.